Uncle Luke, show me the way to go home. Well, that's what Uncle Luke does because home is where God is. And this week, Uncle Luke is going to show us secret hearing. Secret hearing. That's right. Come on in. Let's check it out. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 21. All the bubbas of the world. We got one mission in mind. Welcome to the Biblical Channel. We're glad you're here. We're glad anybody's always here because we need to start talking God, man. Talking God is, is what makes life manageable. Talking God is what gives life oomph. Talking God is, is, is what just rings the chamois of this life out to its absolute fullest. All we want to do is help people read their Bible, say their prayers better, you know, and get together talking God. We ought to be talking God as naturally as we talk about fishing, talking God as uh, naturally as we talk about Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, or horse racing or the hats that people wear at horse racing. You know, all that stuff we talk about, we ought to be talking God as easy as we talk about all that stuff too. And so to all the Bubba's of the world that are out there, we invite you in. Calling all Bubba's. Let's talk God. And if we go on any further without praying, well, shame on us. So let's pray the way the Lord Jesus teaches how to pray. My soul magnifies the Lord. Well, this is mom, Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's looked on the humble estate of his servant. He who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name, mercy. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I, There's the rub. Thank you, Lord. And let's dive into Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 21. Great passage. Fantastic passage. I've heard some people say that the parable of the sower passage, which is what we're going to read, is actually the linchpin. Now, I, you know, I think they're all linchpin. Uh, I get excited about every passage, but always just read the Bible and, and, and just hear the Bible read. So we start off like that. The Bible read sounds like this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, and he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When the disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, but the devil comes and takes away the, the word from their hearts, and so they, well, they just don't believe, and they aren't saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. 
but these have no root. They believe for a while and then in time of testing, fall away. And as for uh, what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. And as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it up with with a jar or puts it under the bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Take care, then, that you know how to hear. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Then his mothers and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. He answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Bam, end of the scene. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 21. All right, so let's unpack this. It's a bit of a drama. The way that unfolds is a bit dramatic, and you got to kind of, you know, feel the tension or feel the scene um, as Jesus is, well, talking about secrets and talking about hearing. So the scene starts out. He's got this great crowd, and of course, the great crowd is following him because he is doing spectacular things, and he's actually saying things that are very interesting to people. Um, the whole package is, is creating quite the fuss as Jesus moves from town to town, and people are definitely following him because they're extremely interested. And I think I would be too. Uh, I think anybody would be. This is a fascinating guy, uh, to say the least. But there's a whole lot more going on than that. And so with this great crowd gathered around, Jesus starts talking farming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He starts talking farming. He talks about seeds. And a, a guy had a bunch of seeds, a sower, you know, and he goes out and he puts uh, those seeds, you know, to plant. But some fall along the uh, path and, and, you know, some fall on, you know, among the rocks and some are choked out by the weeds, you know, or the thorns. And, uh, you know, some actually make it into the dirt and soil and they grow and they yield uh, a, a hundred folds. You know, they fall in good soil. Oh, man. It, yeah, that's good. And he says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Now, I think the right way the crowds would have responded is maybe the same way we respond even today. I don't think it's much, much different. The, the impression that you get is... Are you kidding me, Jesus? This isn't very interesting. I mean, the next thing you're going to tell me, hey, did you see the sky today? Talk about blue. And you're going to tell me, Jesus, that when it rains, it's wet. Like what Jesus just got done saying is far from interesting. And when he drops into those who have ears to hear, let them hear, I think a lot of people are saying, wait, What? That was one of the dumbest things I ever heard. To an outsider, uh, this is dumb talk. I mean, this is there's no apparent point to it. Um, the, and there's no doubt 
that the crowds, um, you know, that are gathering around Jesus, some of them are just navel gazers. They're just there to see the next miracle. They're just there to see Jesus, you know, create a fuss with the religious leaders. You know, they're there just to, uh, well, maybe for all the wrong reasons, just to see Jesus kick up the dust a bit and see what he's going to do next. He's such an interesting fella. And so Jesus seems to be, par pardon the pun, it's intentional, but Jesus might be, as he says, weeding out the crowd a little bit to see who is actually following along, who is truly following along, who is there for more than just navel-gazing or, you know, just there for the buzz, just there for the show, just there for the potential trouble that Jesus might make. And I guess that because of what Jesus says about parables. But the other thing that I can't help but to notice is that it's only the disciples that seem to lean in and say, uh, hey, Jesus, would you tell us what the parable means? And so I get the impression that maybe a bit of the crowd has fallen away. I get the impression that a lot of people are saying, uh, I got better things to do than this. But the disciples, which is more than just the 12, by the way, we've already been told the discipleship gang that's following Jesus around also includes the ladies. And we covered that last week. If you missed it, go back and cover it. The ladies and the guys are all part of the discipleship ring that is following Jesus. And it's not just a handful. There's quite a few of them. Um, but they're the ones, they're the ones who say, hey, Jesus, I, I know you meant something by that. You're going to have to explain it to me. And Jesus takes the time to say, well, let me tell you something about parables. Parables uh, reveal the secrets to the kingdom of God. And so what that means is that some, you know, are not going to see and some are not going to understand because obviously they can't be bothered. Now, Jesus doesn't say all this, but it's implied in what he's saying is that to, to, to you has been given the secrets to the kingdom of God. But for others, they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And I think the cut there is, is that these parables that I teach and am you know, telling, these parables have a way of weeding out the, well, the wrong side of the crowd. It's not because Jesus wants it this way. He wants them to be interested. The disciples and those who are interested are still hanging around. They are there for the right reasons. But the ones who are, you know, hanging around looking at Jesus for all the wrong reasons will quickly go away. And so Jesus, you know, seems to be, you know, putting out there a, a little bit of a tease. Because in the day that Jesus is saying all of these things, Rome and, and you know, all, and Rome, Rome loves all things Greece, and so this Greco-Roman, you know, empire is the backdrop to what Jesus is saying, is, is talking, you know, about. And, and, and it's, there is no doubt that in this time, you know, the pop culture of the day is much like our pop culture, and the pop culture of the Roman Greco world is that they love secrets, and they love secret societies. Human beings are just absolute suckers for secrets and secret societies because human beings have, uh, I guess it, uh, we must say, they have a bad habit 
of, of wanting life to go okay only because you have the secrets. They don't want life to be about working hard. They don't want life to be about what they, you know, their merits and, and what they do. They actually want to be in the know and other people not to be in the know. So with Jesus talking about secrets, it seems as though he's teasing out the human wish that, oh, we're going to learn a secret. And the secret is for us insiders, but those outsiders aren't going to know. So I think Jesus is being a bit of a tease here, which is what I love about God. God is very patient with us, and he teases us out a little bit to draw us in even more and even closer. So I think Jesus is toying around with the great human emotion that wants life to be about secrets. And, and once you have the secret, then everything goes well in your life. Let's admit it. Many Christians still think about Christianity that way. They think it's a, bit, a little secret that will make their life go well. And then they're greatly disappointed when anything bad seems to happen. And then there's those on the outside world, you know, the non-Christian world, who always believe that some little secret or some little mantra or some little manifestation, you know, there's some sort of way to tap in to the spirit world. There's some sort of way to tap in to the universe or the multiverse or something like that through some sort of mantra or some through the sort of chant or some sort of secret words that's the thing that oftentimes captures our attention. And what Jesus is saying is, keep listening then, because I'm going to tell you a secret. I've got a secret. And I do imagine the disciples, you know, are all like, they're getting a little closer. They're like, really? A secret? Yeah, a secret. And so Jesus, you know, Jesus unveils the meaning of the parable. And so he says, the seed is the word of God. And the ones along the path, you know, with the, the birds of the air come and grab, well, that's like Satan taking away the words out of people's hearts so that they can't believe and be saved. And the ones along the rock are like people receiving it with joy, but, well, they just have no roots. They're, you know, they're, they have no soil for that seed. And so the, you know, the whole thing just goes south. And those who, um, you know, there's others who receive it, then they grow, you know, and it looks like everything's going great, but the thorns and the jaggers and the weeds cloud them out. And, and that's like the, uh, you know, all of the, uh, uh, the cares and the riches that this, and the pleasures of this life, they seem so much more exciting than, you know, what Jesus has to say or what God has to say. But he says, but, 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 you know, the seed does fall into good soil. And, and when it falls into good soil, when the word of God falls into the good soil of a good human heart, man, it starts to grow and bear fruit with patience. With patience, mind you. That's a strong reminder that the patience factor means that your fruit of God grows in the middle of a world that requires a lot of your patience. So the fruit of this world that God, the fruit that God is growing in your life is not necessarily going to be the fruit that the world loves. And so it's going to be, well, a matter of patience. And so here is the secret. It, it you know, it's like, you know, you know, I, I don't know. It's like the worst secret ever. I, I mean, there's so, such, it, it's so anticlimactical. You know, when Jesus unveils like, oh, the seeds, the, the, the word of God. 
and and these are the types of soil, which means obviously these are the type of human beings and their relationship with the word of God. And and I think at that point, the disciples got to be thinking to themselves, uh, oh, that's the secret. And Jesus is like, yeah, man, that's the secret. The secret is the word of God. And hey, guess what? Who's the sower? God, Jesus, which one? Once again, once again, Jesus is the sower. God is the sower. And this is another, yet another way that Jesus is clearly referring to himself as God. He's the one with the words of God. So I think Jesus is pulling a master's class here in drawing people in and teasing them a bit. And I think the disciples are like, okay, well, that's not a hard secret, you know, or that's not a crazy secret. Um, that's a pretty easy secret, which again is, is the nature of the parables. We even talked about this last week when Jesus dropped a parable about, you know, the, uh, uh, the debt forgiveness that if, you know, that if there was a guy that lent out money, 50 denarii to one guy, 500 denarii to another guy, and neither guy could pay, who's going to love him more? And the Pharisee is pretty annoyed by this childlike, you know, parable that Jesus, or, or scenario that Jesus just asked him. And that's all a parable is, is a scenario that begs you to look at the deeper meaning when it relates to God and you. That's all a parable is. It's not that complicated. And last week I proposed that maybe a three-year-old could figure this stuff out. And I think we're right back in that, that, that status again, maybe a four-year-old, but, but this is hard. This is not hard. This is easy. This is, you know, so easy. A four-year-old could do it. So easy. A caveman can do it. So easy. Well, anybody can do it. And now you start scratching your head saying, is it really a secret? And if you're saying that, I think you've, you're tracking along because of what Jesus says next. And what does Jesus say next? He says, well, no one lights a lamp and puts it under the bed or puts it under a bushel. That's crazy talk. People light lamps to light the room. What's Jesus talking about here? Well, he's talking about the secret, the secret of the kingdom of God being the word of God. Well, it's not meant to be a secret. And see, I think this is just Jesus having some great fun with these guys. And then, you know, and they're starting to get it. They're like, oh, it is kind of a secret because people won't listen, but it's not really a secret. The Bible is beautiful because the Bible has always operated in the sphere of the public world. That's not saying that the whole world, um, you know, was available, you know, to the Bible. Uh, that is only saying that it was never in secret. The Bible will have absolutely nothing to do with real secrets in the way that this world understands secrets. God's secrets need to be made known because God's secrets are like a light that lights up the room. And you would never take a light and then hide it. That's crazy talk. You would be a fool if you light your lamp and then you put it under the bed or you put it under a bushel. And so Jesus says, and, you know, nothing is really hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known. So, again, this, this seems like Jesus confessing that this is a bit of a tease, gentlemen. Um, the world... The world has a problem with hearing. 
And so that is also what Jesus is explaining. Though the world needs to do is listen. If they listen and they listen close and they stick around and they ask a couple little easy questions that a child should a- could ask, they'll get it. The secret in the kingdom of God is the word of God. It's always available to the public. And the, the, the real problem is that we all have ADD. And the only, uh, the real easy solution to solving ADD is grabbing ourselves by the ears and just making us listen, say, stop and listen. It's not really a secret. But, but the arrogant of the world will always feel good about themselves as the talk about Jesus and his parables start coming to light and the arrogant of this world will find it, you know, very easy to say, there is nothing to see here. This is the tension that Jesus is playing out. The key to our, you know, being brought in to the kingdom of God is by hearing the words of God. And when we hear the words of God, we need to prepare our hearts and prepare our our minds to actually let the light that God is bringing into our life shine out. That is the aim of everything that Jesus said here. But the reality of the human being is much more complex. We are complicated. We have issues. God doesn't have issues. We have issues. And the issues um, of our life is, is that we allow the riches and the cares and the pleasures of this life to choke out the word of God. Uh, the issues of this life is just that we refuse to be good soil. You know, we need to be good soil. And so I love that. Uh, you know, I, I played around, you know, with the, the, another title called The Dirty Little Secret. But the, the whole point of the parable of the soil is that God is throwing his words out. And the question is, what kind of soil are you for the words? What are you doing with the words of God? And as a human being, you need the words of God. And what do you do with words? You listen to them. You hear them. Just like Little Red Riding Hood, you know, observed with the big bad wolf. What big ears you have. Well, you know what? And he says, well, better to hear you with, darling. Well, what big ears we all have. And why did God give us ears? So that we could actually hear the word of God. So that we could understand the word of God. So that we could put the word of God into our life's practice and allow it to bear fruit in a world that requires much patience from us. And so the reality is you don't keep good news a secret. And there aren't any real secrets in the end because God is going to unveil everything. In the end, there are no secrets. Right now, there are no secrets because God sees through all of the secret bull that we put out there. And so Jesus is playing around with us saying, oh, I've got a secret. How about this? Understand the parable. Understand my words. And then let the secret out like a light sitting on a table. You know what I mean, man? And the whole, uh, you know, and then the last section here is also still connected with this business of secrets and and hearing um, and hearing secrets and the word of God. 
How does it all come together? What is God really doing with this secret hearing of the word of God? He's building family. And so this episode ends with, you know, Jesus' mother and brothers on the outside of the circle, you know, and saying, hey, we want to talk to Jesus. And, and the crowd said, you know, what, what, you know, the crowd says, hey, your mom and your brothers are back here. And he's like, hey, let me tell you something. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And now he is not dissing his family. They're great. Mary is wonderful. The brothers that Jesus has are wonderful. Um, and, 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 you know, he's not dissing them. He's just taking the time to say the purpose of the word of God is to build a family. God's whole point of revealing himself through his words Revealing all of his secrets, that he's the one who made this world. He's the one who made us and that we're the ones who have issues. And he is still the one who is willing to work out our issues. He's willing to bring forgiveness to us. You see, the word of God is what helps us to understand that. And when we understand that, we become part of God's family. God is making family in this world. Family is actually God's idea. Your family is wonderful, but family is God's idea. And the family of God is an even more important idea that you belong to the family of God than even your own family. And just like my family, there's a lot of my family that drives me nuts. Hey, there's a lot of God's family that drives me nuts. But if you ask the, the commoner on the street, what's the most important thing in the world? They're going to say family. And that's because God has made it that way. And now you need, and we all need to gravitate to the idea that the thing that gets the most out of our life is understanding that God's words have made us, are making us part of his family. And now it's time to be the good soil. But you know what? The whole world listening in, not only will people not listen to some stupid farmer tale, but people, when they hear about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for the forgiveness of sin, they feel the same way. They're like, oh, I'd rather see the show. I'd, show me a miracle or something. I don't want to listen. I don't want to hear that. I just want to see, you know, the good stuff. But Jesus says, it's all about using your ears to hear. And listen to what I'm telling you, because your whole life depends on it. And God wants you in the family of God. And getting into the family of God means bring the word of God into your life. Now, I know a lot of people would say, well, what about those who never got the word to begin with? Hey, why don't you let God figure that out? Because that's not you, and that's not me, and that's not many people in the world today. It might be a few, but hey, God will work that out perfectly. He's the one who understands everything. But the issue for us is that we're whizzing around the sun at a rate of 100,000 mile an hour, and we're spinning at the same time at 1,000 mile an hour, and, and we've got to get serious about coming to grips with the bigger picture that God has given us. And to come to grips with the bigger picture that God has given us, all we got to do is listen and use our ears to hear and to understand what Jesus is saying. And Jesus is saying the word of God, it's no secret. Come on in. And when you take in the word of God, you will start bearing fruit and you're, you're part of the family. Well, you might be a screw up still, but you're still part of the family. And that's what God's after, making us part of the family. 
Oh, but the arrogance of the world, they'll still hear about Jesus dying. And they'll say, that's dumb. And they'll hear about, you know, farmer parable, you know, of, of sowers and say, that's dumb too. Well, anyhow, the parable of the sower. There's a lot going on there. Maybe it is the linchpin to all things. We'll catch you next time.